Good morning, improvisers! Welcome to YesBot. This week's guest is Rachel Paris. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of YesBot, the improvisers podcast that is also a little bit about robotics, but mostly it is about improvisation. Really nice to have you with us again. Uh, if you've never heard the podcast before, let me give you a, a tour of the history and where we're up to. Basically, a while ago I was walking in the woods behind my house and I found a robot and it was obviously a very derelict robot, uh, dragged it back to my house and I, oh, I should say my name is Chris Mead. Um, I am an improviser and amateur roboticist. Um, so I was very excited when I fixed this robot, robot up to find that it was actually an ImprovBot 5000, a incredibly rare model of robot made to improvise. Uh, it does so through a string of commands um, that you can input into the robot via a uh, collection of slots on its back. Uh, these take kind of cartridges like Nintendo 64 cartridges and each one can carry one rule about improv, one command to follow. So what I've done is I've travelled the country and indeed the world finding the very best improv minds to help me try and programme this robot to be the absolute best improviser it can be. And with me this week is Rachel Paris. Hi. Hello, Rachel. Hi. I'm... I really like the way that you said robot. Yeah, I know. It was very Zoidberg from Futurama. He always says robot. <laughs> robot. I, yeah. It's it a... sounds like a beautiful kind of Queen's English way of saying it. <laughs> you know, like people who pronounce their words perfect. It's very clipped of vowels. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should start calling it that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, firstly, I, I haven't told you, but once you have programmed the five yes. commands, you get to name him or her. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... Oh, okay, I'll be thinking. And yeah. Maybe I'll incorporate Robert into it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's because it's, you're giving it, I'll say it at the moment, personality. Mm -hmm. So you should, you're their creator to some extent, so you should give them a name. Like a creepy scientist in a tower. Mm, very much like mm. that. Yeah, if we were in a tower, it would be exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we're that creepy though. <laughs> you mean I'm already, I'm nailing creepy scientist already. <laughs> so that's down. Yeah, sure, sure, Rachel. That's, uh, that's definitely the first word that would come to me. Um, Both of them. <laughs> yeah, creepy scientist. Um, thank you so much for being on my show. I'm so excited. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself oh yeah sure uh so i'm rachel and i do improv and um i do um lots of different things as well as improv so i do like acting and um music and musical comedy and um things like that but uh i uh, improv is the first comedy that i did though mm -hmm. it's the first time that i tried being funny on stage Apart from like, you know, I'd been in like plays and had a funny line or something sure. like that. But it was the first 
a bit of like me on stage. Actually, the point was sort of being funny, really. Um, and so it was only after that that I started doing all these other fun things, like funny songs and stand up and all of that came I out. I did of not know that. Yeah, I did. I did improv first. Um, and it, it was that that gave me the confidence to do that, to, to think that I could be funny. Because I'd always thought maybe I could be funny in a pub. Sure. <laughs> but I didn't think I should ever, ever do it in public. <laughs> I think you've proved your theorem quite profoundly now. Well, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been doing improv about, um, I started in 2007. So yeah, nine years. Wow. Is that true? Is that the maths? Um, I, yes, it is. Now, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have not done maths. <laughs> Sure, you've been um, too busy making people yeah, laugh all yeah. over the country yeah. and the world. Um, <laughs> and now I'm in a, a group called, I've been in a few different improv groups. Um, I started out in the Oxford Imps doing short form, but then actually the Oxford Imps did long form and musical stuff and all sorts. And then I was in a really fun show called Scenes from Communal Living, all of 2009 with some great people uh, like Rob Broderick, Vanderman, and Carly Smallman and Ben Vanderveld and Robin Clivan. Um, and wonderful people, and Gemma Whelan, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then I did lots of different things. And then we started doing a show called Ostentatious, which is an improvised Jane Austen novel. And that's the main thing that I do now. So it's a long-form narrative kind of improv. And we're dressed up very silly. <laughs> and you're touring, right? Yeah, very we're soon? touring. We've got, a, we've got an autumn tour happening in a matter of weeks. Um, and we're going to be on tour all of autumn, going all over the country. So that is the power of improv. That's the power of improv. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the power of improv. Well, I'm, I, yeah, as I say, very honoured to have you. I do hope, uh, yeah, to get most of Ostentatious on. I think yeah. you are, you're riding at the vanguard like of our community. We're, we're very slowly growing as well. So like, <laughs> yeah, as, you're trying to, as you're trying to get more of us, we're like thwarting your attempts by getting more members. You'll be like CSI and have different like um, <laughs> Ostentatious oh God, West yes. Coast. Oh my God, I love that idea. <laughs> Miami. What would that be Ostentatious like? Miami. <laughs> that's the dream. That's yeah, the ultimate dream. That's the dream of any, any improv show, isn't it? To, to have a Miami branch of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it's really cool. Um, well, thank you so much. Um, I see uh, you've been looking at this giant crate I brought with me. Yeah. Um, let me just pull that open. This is <gasps> Improbot 5000. Oh, my God. I love it. It's mm. really sheeny shiny. Have you polished it? Well, yes. I gave it a chrome coating this oh, time. Nice. It's not. That's not factory standard. Obviously, I've had to um, patch it up quite a lot. Of course. Yeah. Um, we've had a few problems with some of the earlier models. Oh, no. Um, so this is a new build, and it is, yeah, it's chrome. It's a new build, but it's so it's it's lovely. Oh, thanks so much. And I don't often say the word lovely about mechanical things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there was a certain cuteness about yeah. it. Uh, it looks a bit like, um, oh, from Battlestar Galactica, Cylons. It's oh, a bit Cylon-esque Cylon this time. Mm, nice. Yeah. So for toaster vibe to it. A toaster vibe, which mm. is, what, yeah, again, what we all want. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> um, so if I turn it over, yeah. there's these are the five slots. Five slots. Uh, yeah. Here, I'm just like, there, that is your five cartridges. Right, okay. Uh, um, just speak into them. Okay. And that will record your rules. Do I rules. have to click, it, click anything? No, just... Uh, just do it. Carrie had blew the dust off. Oh, like, nice. Like, in the... Whew, just to, She's very fastidious. She is. She said, like, they work better if there's no dust on them. Rule number one. Build it together. Ooh. 
So this sounds really basic, I know, because everyone knows improv is about. Well, we're going back to basics. So yeah. this is so that's why I've done this one first for mm-hmm. basic. But um, I do think that it's something that certainly, like even uh, the the improv that I do, like because you come across people who are so good <laughs> improvising, um, and you can have so much. God, I know because I do solo comedy, and mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love doing solo comedy, and you get a buzz out of like getting something just for yourself. But I think building it together, whether that's the the fun, (laughs) building the fun together or building the scene together, building the world together, I think is really important. Otherwise, you're playing catch up all the time when you come into the scene. Um, I think building it together for me is like probably the most basic, you know, thing about improv. And I also think even though it's it's, it's very hard to forget. Mm-hmm. I think as you get um, more confident at it, once you've reached the stage where you can uh, just go by yourself and leave others <laughs> just in awe of what you're doing mm-hmm. and you're on this, you know, amazing roller coaster of the audience is loving you and laughing at you and you're in character and you're doing it great. And I think you'll have more fun if someone else is involved. That's not to say you can't have solo moments. Of course you can. But I think just... Um, Certainly in terms of like building the scene, don't forget to do it together. Um, yeah. We were talking a bit about the different teaching styles. Weren't sure, we? yeah, yeah. And I think that certainly comes into that because everyone's got different ideas on this. And I, I really think a lot of people that I know in improv wouldn't agree with build it together to a certain extent because um, we were saying like some people think that you should come into a scene with the game in your head. Like take care of yourself first. Take care yeah, of yeah. yourself first and mm-hmm. others will be fine. Um, and the idea of kind of entering a scene with a pretty formed idea of what this, what the game is. Which you then need to communicate Which to you your scene part. Yeah, oh, and right. the idea that the second person is just sort of following and trying to work out what it is from you. And I I really think, I, what got me into improv, like, definitely was, was that that's equal, that you come on, you can come on with nothing if you want to, I mm. mean, or just a loose idea. And some of my favourite improv scenes that I've seen in... Like, oh, all, all different things, you know, even in, in certainly in ostentatious seeing them like on the side of the stage, but just watching them, you know, watching them at the Miller and even just in, even in showstoppers actually I've seen this happen is when people just come on with nothing, with just copying each other's walk or something, or just someone does a hand gesture and someone does a leg gesture or just a word or something. And you completely build it from, from the very, very ground you're in that staring at each other's eyes and there's panic yeah <laughs> but there's also the knowledge Joy that everything is going to well. be fine yeah. yeah yeah and for me that's what I love about improv is it's you make it you make it together from the very beginning when I was in Chicago at IO mm-hmm. they had a phrase which I love uh, which is we'll each bring a brick and together we'll build a cathedral which oh, is I love that. nice I love the poetry as well <laughs> it's really beautiful <laughs> it is good and uh, I agree with you that the stuff I love is that way I'm also intrigued by the idea of coming on just with a leg gesture I, <laughs> I would, I would be if amazing. you don't know what I mean you don't know Andrew Hunter Murray <laughs> uh, um, yeah I think often I've seen such beautiful things and I don't know if it's you know technically correct and everything but coming on with not knowing anything that you've got and just coming on with slightly panicked often it just comes out of both of you not having anything at all and just like like all you and so you're sort of creeping you're sort of creeping on and then that becomes a thing mm, um, yeah. and you know maybe one of you goes I've seen 
Yeah, certainly a, a lot of like joyful scenes and ostentatious with people just sort of dancing around each other and then it becomes a scene and it means something. Vault number two. Commit to character. Amazing. I feel like the kind of thing that I enjoy watching and certainly the kind of thing I enjoy doing is, um, and it doesn't matter if it's short form or long form. I don't mm. mean that I always, I always want to watch a, a perfectly formed story. No, it doesn't matter what kind of improv it is. But for me, I really like um, seeing people really commit to whatever character they're playing. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not like you have to be good at acting at all. It's not that. Just, um, and it also doesn't mean, <laughs> I know people corpse. I, I corpse all the time on stage. Um, but just uh, there will be emotion in any scene, even if it's in short form in a game or something, there will be a tiny bit of emotion. And I think if you can catch that emotion and go with it, um, then that's that's what I find joy in personally. I think, I don't know if it's a personal thing, but like, because I do acting as well. And so for me, <laughs> improv is like perfect outlet for a frustrated actress who doesn't get as much like acting work. That's like certainly a tiny, tiny bit of what is lovely is that I get to act and I get to be in different characters and I get to really fly with them. Um, and that's that's a really joyful one aspect of Ostentatious that I really enjoy. And so that's, yeah, for me, this one thing is that like, you know, if someone if someone you love like on stage as I say whether in a narrative or a scene if someone you love dies then you're sad <laughs> then be sad about yeah. it um or don't be glib or don't or be glib make it a joke it's more interesting if you have a real emotion about it and it will still be it will still be funny even if it's even if it's uh funnier it'll be funnier later on if if people if you've actually got a, hu a character that's human <laughs> instead <laughs> of someone who's like Oh my God, her mum died and she just laughed. What are we watching? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's so true. I think when you're watching a scene, if it starts off and all you're doing is getting to know the characters yeah. and, you know, love that you really like them, then if someone dies or they split up, it means something. Yeah. But people run straight into that emotional turmoil without having made any groundwork at all, then of course it's going to be flippant and off the cuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's it. And I think it's... It's actually much easier to do in long form narrative because then you've got different characters that you're you're getting to return to and you've got a reason to be emotional. I think it's actually a harder thing to do in in shorter. Uh, obviously, in games it, that is harder sometimes, but in um, sort of shorter form, like scenic kind of formats and mm. things like that, in a Harold and things like that, it's a bit harder because you're you're being asked to do more characters more often. You've got less of a through line. But yeah, for me, I, I find real joy in like seeing. A commitment to that and it, it can be a commitment that's very hard to make yeah i i think a measure of emotional connection is so important to improv i love seeing those scenes so much jason shots who is a guy i think he's in la now actually and he was talking about how he did a whole scene that was just two police buddies sitting in a car and really just talking to each other while on a stakeout that was the whole the whole first beat of Harold yeah. and then the second beat comes on and another guy comes on and shoots his partner like immediately and apparently the whole theatre just went <gasps> because they'd spent this whole scene connected yeah, yeah, yeah right of and, course. and then that was that was the whole show essentially and I, I, yeah I, I think when you talk about like um, you know everyone's got these inspiring improv moments in their lives that they see for yeah. me inevitably i've been hearing about tj and dave like my whole life um so i went um to chicago i was very lucky and i went to see tj and dave and there's someone as as so many of my friends who are in improv 
the, the people they talk about as their heroes that they love watching, the reason those things work, they're often a really simple setup, like a duo or something. It's often like a really basic scenario and you haven't got any games to support you or anything. You haven't got any props or anything. And all you've got is a good connection, is an emotional thread and characters to commit to. And that's what they did. Like you say, their scene was just um, two... Uh, there was like one work colleague, someone calling in sick and then two old friends, like sort of falling out and then making up again. That was all mm. the story was. But it was so funny because you understood, because they committed to these characters, you you understood who they were. And I think if you're watching someone who something awful has happened and they laugh or uh, the person they have loved for 10 years walks in the room and they don't react yeah. If you don't react to those things, then I think you don't understand what that person is and therefore you can't enjoy it. You can't laugh at it because you don't know who they are. That's right, yeah. So I think I think commit to character. <laughs> Rule number three. Take a breath and connect. So similar, but this is not so much about um the character that you're playing mm-hmm. and acting and stuff like that. This is more about you as a person with the other people on stage around you. So this is about just taking a moment because things can get mental, can't they, on stage? <laughs> things can get really fraught. And so sometimes, you know, if you're building, whether you're trying to remember what was in the last, like, you know, 1A Harold scene or something like that, or you haven't got an idea for a group scene, whether you're just doing games, whether you're doing a narrative there's a lot there's a lot in your head and sometimes the last thing that you see or remember is the people around you and actually we're all there to help each other and I think you need sometimes to just pause things can get a bit frenetic and crazy and if it's if it's frenetic because everyone's having such an incredible time that can be fine sure (laughs) but if it's frenetic because everyone's desperate and sort of trying to create something and they're not connecting with each other I think you need to actually stop yourself for a minute I don't mean like have some kind of awkward, weird, actual, like long, hold up profound hand. silence. Yeah. Time out, guys. Time out. Time out. I just mean, just remind yourself to just take a moment and connect. And by connect, I mean, literally look in people's eyes, touch them, hold their hand. I think if, and if you're building a story together, I think touch is really, really important. In Ostentatious, we had to have some like, and we still have to have them like real actual rehearsals where we just touch each other where we just get used to like connecting because it's mm. it's so important to be in each other's space and and reach out physically <laughs> rather yeah. than just an idea of reaching out um and looking each other in the eye you you say it all the time and it's so hard to do i agree yeah well i think eye contact um was it's such an interesting subject um it's when you give it when you allow someone eye contact if you're not then it has to be I think if you're not giving eye contact, then you need to be conscious of the fact you're not, you're doing it, it for a, a reason. Choice. Yeah, 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 it has to be a choice then if it's yeah. not. Because um, we do do that because obviously with the very stagey kinds of improv, like in Ostentatious, we're trying to do stagecraft as well. And that can be really hard for connection because you can have these beautiful scenes like say, um, say like someone's confessing their love and the person who's confessing is at the back of the stage and the person who's hearing it is at the front of the stage. Like that can be really beautiful and you want to use... Theatrical you want convention, to use the actual convention, yeah, everything, yeah. Um, and you can do that. But then, of course, there's absolutely zero eye contact between these people. <laughs> so I think you can do it, but just, just be, just remember to come back to st- to looking at each other. 
think you can you can pull away from it, but as long as you return to each other eventually. And you can feel it in your bones, right? I've yeah. definitely had ones where I played at falling in love and then just at some point halfway through the scene, something has clicked into place and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, I can yeah. F- I feel that now. Probably in improvathons where you're really tired <laughs> and <then> you're <laughs> yeah. suddenly like... Do I love this person? I've oh, definitely had an improvathon where I had a love story with someone and I really thought I was in love with them. <laughs> and then it's just tiredness. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to marry this person now. <laughs> That's my life sorted. <laughs> and then you have some sleep and you're like, oh, no, I don't know them at all. No. don't even know their second name. Um, we can always tell. We've got a really clear thing in Ostentatious. We can always tell if we're faking the love story. And by right. faking, you know what I mean, when there's no yeah. connection. Um because the audience tells us, because because they've got an hour, sometimes an hour and a half with interval, to get on board with these people. And that definitely should be enough time for us as improvisers to create a believable, you know, nice invested in relationship. Whether it's romantic love or friendship, it's often about, you know, mother-daughter or about friends or sisters or anything like that. But whatever the connection is, um, whenever the story gets to the point of like, it somehow... The, the bad the bad shit come in you know it breaking in some way and then it getting healed usually it's a happy ending not always um the audience make if we've done it properly the audience makes a noise mm. <laughs> so when the bad shit happens the audience goes <gasps> so you know you've done well if you get a gasp and when they get together again or they make friends again or anything like that the audience they do like it's it's not panto but they go <sighs> And, and sometimes they applaud, you know, and that's when we know we've done it right. And when there's, um, when we've fudged a love story and there's no connection and sometimes they kiss and the audience is just like, silent, just nothing. You can see on their faces, they're like, oh, those two people have kissed. I wonder yeah. why. Those two characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I agree entirely. And I think we, as, as maybe a community of practice, we put too much store in the laugh as the only audience reaction that means anything. Yeah. And I feel like just sitting forwards in your seat, right? Yes. It's such an amazing reaction. Absolutely, yeah. Not something that you can tell quite so easily when the lights are on you. But I yeah, I think we should we should try and elicit a whole range of reactions from the I audience. I completely agree. And only everyone has different tastes, but for me um, I can, yeah, the feeling of like, you know, a warm feeling bubbling inside um, or I get a buzz out of um, actually, and this is why, this is why I do love show stuff, um, like the, I love musical theatre. So like a, be- a beautifully done dance routine gives me such like, I may not be laughing, but I am so much glee right now. So there's so many, I think, you know, laughter is a huge part of it. And laughter will be 90% of it because improv, watching people invent stuff is always going to be funny. Mm. But I think, yeah, there's other stuff to be happy about the reaction Mm. that you get. And really, if you've had, if, if you've had an hour long story, and then at the end, like two people finally get together. You don't want a laugh. You want no, an ah. You that's want, right. You want you want people to be like ah, full of love for it. And if you can get that, then you know you've done it right. Roll number four. So this one is one that I find really hard. Drop your shit. Sure. Um, so I know it's something we're all taught, you know, um, from the beginning, and it's so important. And it's so hard. I find this really, really hard because um, uh, it's obviously it's connected to all the. They're all obviously connected, like to sharing everything together and building it together. And I think, especially when you're like 
building a story and you've got an idea of how that story is going to go oh, and yeah. as well I'm really bad for I want I want a beautifully crafted story and I want that happy ending and I want the applause that I was just talking about and I want the warm feeling and if you think anyone's in your mind getting in the way of that you're like but this was this was folding into that and he was and she was doing it was all folding it and then someone comes in with a different idea and I find it really hard to be happy about it <laughs> I'm like oh well this it was such a neat story and now it's not doing that or yeah I've and I have been I've been awful on stage about it like if I, I, have I, you punched anyone in the arm quickly I have I have with my eyes punched someone sure yeah yeah <laughs> I remember poor Andy. There was this one ostentatious. I remember we did it in Chipping Norton. Um, doesn't matter where it was. Um, where it was like two thirds of the way through the show. Uh, it was an ostentatious. So I was like, um, sort of like a an almost widow, war widow. Um, in that my husband was mi- has been missing for like years, and I had formed this like love connection with uh, this other guy, and um. He had been, there was a really complicated story and it was all interweaving beautifully. <laughs> and then I remember Andy came on as like a manservant and gave me a letter and re- and I, and then like read out the letter to me, which said, your husband has been found alive. And that really messed everything up as I saw it at the time. And I remember that moment is the most like annoyed I've ever been about an offer. Sure. And I just had to drop my shit. And I mean, I did, but man, I did it reluctantly. (laughs) I like eyeballed him. And I think I was like, really? He's alive? Really? That seems surprising. (laughs) I was such an asshat about it. But um, dropping your shit is is something, actually a lot of us in ostentatious find very, very difficult. Because you you know, when you're investing so much in the story. um, But it's so, so important to see, to see every offer as a gift. Mm. Um, which of course it is, you know, if you're building scenes together, then you're building a story together. You're building situations together. And sometimes it's easier to do the building a scene together, but actually letting people really come on with things that will not only add, you know, oh, by the way, you know, there's a teacup in the corner, (laughs) but will change the world, will change everything you've been thinking for the last 15 minutes. And that's still good. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to drop everything. It's not just dropping. I think that's my thing. I'm I'm fine at dropping a tiny bit of shit, like a rabbit poo, I guess. Sure. Like, that's yeah, if fine. we want to quantify the shit. Yeah, let's quantify yeah. the shit. So like a rabbit poo, fine. Like mm. a couple of little rabbit poos. I'll drop that, no problem. <laughs> but when it's like a massive bucket of like an elephant poo, I find that really hard to drop. But you've yeah. got to. Yeah, you have to. You've got to. And then the, sh- the show is better. You have to have this egalitarian sort of whoever's idea comes out first yeah. is the one on stage because otherwise everyone's got ideas of how it's going to go how would you ever ideas. navigate who, which one comes out it yeah. has to just be this first one first yeah. one who says it it has and i'm sure like we've all been the one on the side of the stage thinking i've got the idea that's gonna fix this show i'm I've gonna got look the idea. so good yeah i've, I've got the best idea ever <laughs> and then sometimes you're the person on stage and you're receiving that idea and you're like Oh, and sometimes you're the I'm the person giving it, and mm. you just have to, you just have to drop drop your <laughs> drop what you've got and yep. just say yes. And I've I'm obviously frequently half and half both both of those people. <laughs> We've all been both of those. We've people. all been both those yeah. people. <laughs> so I guess that makes it easier in a way. Yeah, you just have to exactly. Access the part of yourself that was like, 
okay, yeah, okay. I remember what this was like. Yeah, Stra- mm. strap in. <laughs> Just accept that maybe it is the big idea that's going to make the show incredible. Rule number five. Be confident, but be kind. So this is about, um, I think, not just about on stage, but I think off stage and with your team, whoever you're working with, whether you've been working with them for like a week or a year or 10 years or whatever. um, I think being kind to each other uh, on and off stage is so important. And it can be very difficult if you're performing often, then you're busy and fraught and you're thinking about the show. And if you're not performing often, then you don't, you're not seeing each other to build those connections. And if it's being run by someone outside, by an outside director, sometimes you feel like you forget to put the work in yourself. Um, but being kind to each other, um, I think will always help build a good show and it will be remembered subconsciously. If you've, if you've sort of like, you know, thrown someone a line, um, like not a line, not a verbal line, you know, throw someone a line. Everyone knows the phrase throw a line, right? Yeah. That is a a phrase, isn't it? Yeah. A lifeline. That's it. I was like, what is it? Like a fishing line. (laughs) Um, If you throw someone a lifeline, they, they feel better and they'll be more confident in the Mm. next scene. Or even if they're not more confident in the next scene, because you know, who knows they might have PMT. They might be, mentally worried about something in their other job the next show you know they'll be more confident and then they'll be the confident one and you might have pmt i'll talk a lot about pmt but guys it's important (laughs) um and to remember that to remember that people have bad days uh and sad days and you know like in ostentatious we we really feel like brothers and sisters now. Like um, if, if we've seen each other, you know, so often, <laughs> so often. At your very worst and your very best. Our very worst and our very best. And and sometimes we're really grumpy and sometimes we're sad. And don't forget that people get sad and people sometimes feel crap about themselves and you just have to help each other. And even though that feels like, oh, but you know, that's, that's not to do with the show and you have to put things aside. And it's like, no, it's so much about what that show is going to be. Um, and you won't have a good show if you're worried that your friend is stuck over the side because they don't feel confident about coming in. And you won't have a good show if someone is at the front of the stage, not looking behind them and ignoring the person who's at the back. Um, so that's another thing to do with this is, uh, the, the sub, the sub rule that I wanted to get in was look around you. Right. Um, because I think it's very easy if you're having a bloody great time standing at the front of the stage, you know, if you've got, <laughs> got you're going off on one, like you're having, the audience is loving it, applauding you. That's fine. But just don't forget to look around you because then someone might have come on at the, at the back to add something. Mm-hmm. And if you ignore them, that feels awful if you're the person at the back and you just have to quietly crawl off again or try and shout over. Um, so, yeah, I think just being kind to each other. And I think all of the rules feed into each other. Like that's to do with connecting. That's to do with looking in each other's eyes and knowing if someone's feeling a bit weird, um, both on and off stage, just being kind to each other. And it's, it's not always easy because you're trying to have a good time yourself, but you will have a better time if you, if you do that, if you look out for each other. I love this rule because I also love any improv rule that is also good for life as yeah, well. Yeah, and A lot of them surprisingly are. I mean, maybe not the drop your shit line <laughs> yeah. so much. But um, I think the community that we find ourselves in is this beautiful community. And I think it's because people are kind and do try and make each other look good, even just in the pub afterwards. And yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so I, I really love that mm. as, a, as a capping. But it is not just be kind. It is be confident, but be kind. Sure. Because I do think, I think when you say be kind, people are like, oh no, but that, that doesn't mean don't say anything for five minutes. And it doesn't mean, oh, I, I will play low status to you. They might not even want that. And it, it doesn't mean unnecessary charity, like in, in the way that it's going to ruin your play or stop you having fun. Or it doesn't mean gentleness always. It, it it just means throw someone a line, but still play confidently. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think when you say be kind, people have this idea of like it being a bit oh, kind. Everyone's of just holding short. hands and dancing quietly in a circle, wearing ballet shoes, so that we don't make a noise with our feet on the floor to disturb people. Absolutely, have a, have a fucking great wild show. Like be as confident. Everyone be confident. Just but just throw people a lifeline and be kind while you're doing it. Great stuff. Well, that That's is... That's going in the final slide. Yeah, go there and I'll just turn it back over. Great. So now I just want you to take a moment, look into the robot's eyes and name it. Oh my God, this is really, this is really hard. Okay, I'm going to call it um, Mixtape. Mixtape? Yeah. What a great name. And mi- it's got a lot of info in there, but a mixtape is just a lovely thing to have. A mix sounds a bit like mix. So it's like mi- a good... Oh, hi, yeah. I'm Mixtape. Mixtape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, right, well, all of the commands are in. Yeah. Uh, he or she or is it gender? He. he. Okay. So uh, there's just a big... But he can play anything. Of course he can. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, big button at big the front button. there. Just press that and I'm he'll boot up. I'm just going to crank this up for maximum power. Oh, yeah, power. nice. Put a few cranks. <laughs> no one has ever touched that before. So you see, is... <laughs> you don't know it's on the side. It's optional, but it sure. just cranks it up to max. Yeah, yeah, of course. Wow. Okay, and then press the big button. Yeah. Booting call functionality. Bleep, bloop, beep, boot, okay. beep. That is normal. That's normal. Is that should that happen. Normal? Performance matrix established. One, build it together. Two, commit to character. Three, take a breath and connect. Four, drop your shit. Is that supposed to be sort of heating up? Five, it shouldn't be glowing. Be confident, but be kind. It sort of looks like hot metal, doesn't it? We should maybe step away a little bit. Taking a breath. Oh, that cute bit on the top is spinning. Mm. Is that meant to... Again, oh, it's spun off. It's spun yeah, off. that's Error really not meant to happen. Okay, but it was exciting. Nuns not installed. Error, error. How am I breathing? Am I suffocating right now? Lurching, lurching to his feet. Lurching to his feet. Oh dear. Ooh. Wow, I should not have cranked it up. No, I shouldn't have cranked it up. Is, Turns out. Oh, it's trying to. That's why no one does that. I must be kind. Even as I'm dying. Is it trying to do the washing up? Yes. I will help out with your human dishes. It's trying to do the... And it shouldn't because fairy liquid mixing with that does not work. Detergent detected in primary systems. I've been very confident in it, but it's... I am so good at this. Ooh, um... It's not made... It's not made to mix with... I'm so sorry. Oh. 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 Okay, we should not touch that because it could while. no let it cool down. Yeah, well, it was a nice idea. It was really nice. I'm yeah. so sorry, and it's probably nothing to do with your commands. It's probably some internal thing that I just did wrong. Sure, um, we'll pay for the kitchen. Thank you. Because uh, obviously, would be great. podcasting yeah pays super well. Super so well, yeah. Just, I'll just I'll just crack <laughs> off some of the profits from That's this episode. Fine, yeah, and, and thank you for my pay packet as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to spend it on glorious kitchenware. <laughs> 
Um, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, it's been so lovely. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing to hear your points of view on it. Um, if people would like to hear more yes. or come and see you, oh, yeah. uh, where could they find you on the internet? Uh, you can see me if you want to see any solo stuff. Um, all my dates are on rachelparis.com uh, or on YouTube. I've got some funny music videos. Uh, at Rachel Paris Comedy Channel. Uh, but if you want to come and see Ostentatious, uh, we're on all the time. We're in London as well, not just on tour. So all the dates are at ostentatiousimpro.com. Amazing. And uh, do you have a social media presence? That yes, like yes. To? I'm at Rachel Paris and Ostentatious is at Austin Impro. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Um, and to you at home, uh, we will see you in another week when I've got the robot back on its feet. Woo! Thank you for listening to YesBot. You can talk to me on Twitter at YesBot5000. Hey, why not join our listeners group at facebook.com slash group slash YesBotClub. You can also email me on YesBot5000 at iCloud.com. Your host was Chris Mead. Find him at Mr. Chris Mead on Twitter. The YesBot theme was composed and engineered by Fred Deakin. YesBot logo and graphics by Kind Studio. Okay, I love you. Goodbye.